Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. Welcome back to another episode of Cameron Reads Comics. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the first three episodes of Peacemaker on HBO Max. So, let's check it out. Um, Before I got into Peacemaker, uh, I wanted to re-watch The Suicide Squad, because... I thought I thought he was the character that caught me so off guard most in that film, and that being the case, uh, I think you know you see you see a moment kind of click with a director like that, and especially with these characters. Is I think uh, James Gunn had like a kindredness to that character. It's almost like he was making Suicide Squad. He used that character, and then something about his process with him just really like drew him in. And I feel like he wanted to spend a lot more time with that character in that film more than he could have. Um, I will tell you, I think the climax with Peacemaker and Ratcatcher and Rick Flagg, I won't spoil it, but that whole sequence was my favorite of that home. That caught me off guard. I was like, Oh, I never knew someone that silly. I could take that seriously. Um, and so this, I'm glad we have this series to be able to get to explain, uh, get a, get a chance to explore those scenes before we get into the episodes. I want to give you a little fun fact about the peacemaker is that he's a Charlton comic character. And I didn't realize, I think he, I think he had some golden age, uh, appearances. The, the first issue of Peacemaker, Peacemaker number one from the Charlton comics, makes him look really... He looks a lot different than he does now, and I don't know how the creators would feel if they saw him uh, portrayed this way now. Um, I don't know if that was ever their intent, but that being the case, it's neither here nor there. Fun fact, with him being a Charlton comics character, some of you could know that those were the inspiration for the Watchmen uh, characters. It was all the Charlton comics characters. So... Um, when they were acquired by DC, Alan Moore wanted to use them, but DC said, no, we don't want to, you know, we want Watchmen to be outside of continuity. It's kind of like an Elseworlds tale. Um, and so if you want to see a polar opposite take on this character, go look at the comedian from Watchmen. Um, if you know, you know, that's all I have to say. I think some of the tones also from this show were heavily inspired by the John Ostrander Suicide Squad run, which I actually have yet to read. I've read the first issue of the series, uh, I, that's a CGC issue that I think in the future I want, um, you know, which which I think really is where Peacemaker makes his big debut. We see a lot of those scenes replicated in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. I told you, uh, I like Peacemaker in The Suicide Squad. He caught me off guard. Um, but yeah, let's get into the series. Obviously, it picks up after the post credit scene of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Everyone knows as it has blown up the internet. I even posted a story on the Camry's Comics feed about it, but... The intro sequence is literally the greatest intro sequence I've ever seen. I didn't know I could love anything that much. There's It's just so freaking good. There's an exploration of him coming out of jail to do some work, contract work for hire. Um, I also thought the Peacemaker's relationship with his dad. I didn't realize, you know, that had been in the trailers. Peacemaker's relationship with his dad, I thought, was so interesting. And to explore that, I'm starting to see some some themes pop up in James Gunn's work. And that is definitely a father and son kind of thing, you know. We see this very, very reminiscent of uh, Peter Quill and Ego, the Living Planet, their relationship in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I'm seeing some themes about that. And the exploration of those father and son themes, I really am I'm glad we're getting a chance to explore. I guess I just didn't realize we'd hop right into that. But from a narrative perspective of him kind of getting out and needing a place to stay, it makes sense that he'd go to his parents, you know? And so you also see the great scenes where 
uh, you see how he ended up the way he did based on his father and their relationship and the almost like, I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough for you, dad, kind of thing. So I really liked that. Um, I also, one thing about that too that I just adored was his father being his supplier, the guy who creates all of his uniforms. And like, I just thought that was so interesting. I thought it adds this level to it, but then there's the shame because his son got caught and he was in prison. Uh, the fact that Peacemaker won't bring up to his father the uh, what happened with Flag or what happened with Bloodsport and da da da, da like, huh. There's so much shame attached to who he is, but I love, I, I gotta say, I love the tone of this show because James Gunn, he, he, get, he has this capability to give us characters that are completely, completely unlikable, but makes something about them so charming. Like Peacemaker is such a terrible person. Like he is so dislikable and just so... Like, if I ran into that dude at a bar, I'm like, you are a trash dude. Like, I do not want to talk to you at all. But something, he makes his narrative and his perspective so compelling. And we see a little bit of that mirrored through uh, Amanda Waller's daughter. Uh, also, big shout out to John Cena for the same thing I was saying about James Gunn's capability to make those characters interesting. John Cena is able to navigate the tone and, and, and the mood of Peacemaker so much better than, like, Props, mad props to him. It shows what a talent he is. His relationship also, okay, there's two major awesome females in this. I'm so glad we saw the return of Viola Davis's Amanda Waller, who has sent her daughter on this mission uh, with him. And it's not as glamorous as it's not 007. It is like they're staying at a Motel 6. It's not cool. You know, it's not glam like they thought it'd be. Uh, and also Harcourt, Special Agent Harcourt. I adore her. She's like this cool, like badass women, woman, and I'm just so down with this. You know, I'm so down for her to be such a cool character. Uh, I adore it. At the end of episode one, we kind of get the, the hints of Project Butterfly, which are super cool. You know, we don't know what it is, though. I still don't know. Nobody's going to tell us. Project Star or whatever was a big giant star out with Conqueror. And now he's like, are these going to be butterflies? Good question, all right? I don't know, and I wish they would tell me, but I think that's kind of necessary in a Suicide Squad story. Suicide Squad, you know, ish. This is a cousin of that. We're not supposed to know until the climax or, whoa, that's actually what it was the whole time. Now, episode two, best friends for never. So Peacemaker is oddly hitting it off with the people he's about to kidnap. I thought that whole scene was so freaking funny. Okay, so it picks up after episode one where it ends and the chick that he took home becomes a big monster lady and then he comes, you know, they, there's a whole fight. It was a great fight sequence. Loved it. He was in his tidy whities as per usual. Are we ever going to not see him in tidy whities Oh my gosh. So he's running through the building. The cops have been called on him. He gets his new costume also in episode one. Then he hits it off with the people he's about to kidnap to the point where she, like, I don't know what it is about his love of hair metal, but I just love it. That is a central theme in the show. It's just like a character point. Yes. James Gunn has an, an eccentric music taste. And I just love that. We're seeing those flavors in that. And I love that like, those are being translated so well. Um, and to the point where like, 
he hits it off with this girl and she, her boyfriend is watching them flirt. It was the best. Huge one. Batmite is canon now. That is huge because this is... Okay, so Suicide Squad exists in the Ben Affleck Batman, Henry Cavill Superman universe, you know? Uh, so now they're saying in one of the darkest universes in all of franchise, any franchise history ever, Batmite exists. The interdimensional imp that is Batmite. I'm just like, what? How could that happen? I love that. This is the deep DC cuts that I need. That, that you know, that kind of could technically mean that Mr. Mixia's spit like is. Because I'm pretty sure, pretty sure they're from the same dimension. I don't know. Wolf, I don't know. We also get the first appearance of Vigilante. While, okay, wait, before we get to Vigilante, there's a, there's that scene right before he makes his appearance where there's some deep, 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 like, self-loathing that Peacemaker goes through. And that, we're able to talk about Batmite, and then we're able to, like, watch this man, like, kind of, like, hate himself so much and, like, cr- sob to himself because he... He's having like an identity crisis, and I just oh my gosh, I didn't I didn't even know this story could that story could be told this way. And I, props where props are due, that was awesome. Um, and then we get the appearance of Vigilante, which is so interesting too. Like for for the fans that knew, like when I was super deep in the Arrowverse, we had that version of Vigilante, and then we have this version. Again, so polar opposite. I thought, I did not think his costume could ever be translated as well as it was. That's a classic uh, George Perez, Marv Wolfman costume. I think his first appearance is in A Tales of the Teen Titans annual. Um, Never thought that, you know, think about it like this. We got Vigilante before we got Robin. You know, an actor casted Vigilante before they got cast as Robin wild um and then we get a look at peacemaker's father who is now we're, we come to find out a dc character known as the white dragon uh and i looked at that white dragon i'll probably put it right there the costume it was so interesting um but you can kind of see how they're related i don't know i don't know anything about the white dragon uh, there is a peacemaker limited series uh number it's like four issues long I think I might read it because I, I assume that's where some of this stuff is coming from. If the Suicide Squad run by John Ostrander was such a direct you know influence, I think I can read four issues of an 80s comic and figure out if those are the influence of this one. I'm going to try and drop that rating and review within the span of this TV series happening. So I guess in the next month. Now for episode three... Uh, I gotta give you guys a fair warning. I was half paying attention for episode three, so I might rewatch it. Uh, Better Goff Dead, where he we find out these people have been infected with Project Butterfly. We originally thought that uh, it was going to be it was going to be just the this father, the Senator Goff of this family. Uh, but then when you kind of realize that the entire family is infected with it, so the hit of one man now becomes the hit of this whole family. Very Punisher style, very reminiscent. Uh, anyways, I was like, wow, this is how literally Punisher happens. Anyways, um, but pretty much the whole family gets sniped. Uh, and Peacemaker has a hard time following through. And so Vigilante is the one that ki- kills these people for contract, which I thought was so interesting. I thought, I was like, wow, this person that has literally just become Peacemaker is kind of a joke. Vigilante is an actual joke in this show. And that's not a bad thing because I just think that... 
it's okay when characters start to do those jokes because I'm sure there's going to be a potential for him to be taken so seriously. Um, Vigilante steps in. We also get a, a new character, Judo Master, whose costume in the show does not look anything like his comic book costume, but frankly, I'm okay with it. Uh, they also chose an Asian actor as opposed to a blonde, which I'm also super okay with because representation is so important. And like for a character that really like, I I don't I think you'll be it'll be hard sent before now before this year to have met anyone whose favorite character is Judo Master. So to bend that and make make it fit with this narrative is just fine. You know we have we have an interrogation scene in that scene where. You know, they get busted. Amanda Waller's daughter does not have the guts to to pull the trigger and kill one of the security guards that caught, catches them. So Harcourt does that. You just see so many, like, in the same way that Peacemaker is having a hard time, you know, with his father and his father's legacy, you see that with Waller's daughter having a hard time with her mother's legacy. Her mother's so willing to kill, and, and, and Waller's daughter doesn't know if she has the courage to pull the trigger. Love that. Love that, like, those narratives and stories happening simultaneously. I think they're really smart. I think they're really interesting. And then uh, we, the silliness of the interrogation scene with uh, uh, Peacemaker, I thought was so interesting. And Vigilante and, like, cutting off his toes and knowing he's like, I'm not going to say anything, but at the expense of your body, you know, it's like, the, it's it's not that he doesn't have empathy, it's that he doesn't have any, like, awareness of actually like, the intensity of the situation, which I thought was so fun. Uh, and then the judo master, I thought that was like that fight scene with him was so interesting and we're not done seeing him. I would love to know a little bit more about that character though. I, I want to spend more time just like in dialogue and not just in action with that character. So awesome. So I guess my rating for these three episodes, you know, we have uh, five, four through eight. So I guess that's five more episodes um, on a weekly basis, I think. I don't know when the full series is going to be released, but we got more time to spend with those characters. I think that I'd give so far the series seven point five out of ten. You know, it it's it's really good. I I wish they kind of only gave us two episodes of eight out of the gates, but you know, it's okay. I'm liking. I'm like okay. So I'm like I like that we have the Disney Plus series, and I really like that we have a, a, a HBO Max response. Uh, I'm I'm excited for the potential of the platform that is HBO Max that I think is being proven to be my favorite platform for all of this stuff. So I'm only, I only have things that I'm looking forward to for, from this series. And again, like I'm just glad we are getting so much more regular DC content. I'm glad we have a slate. I'm glad we have, uh, you know, this is only the beginning of the HBO Max uh, exclusive releases for DC, for the DC Entertainment Universe, which is so important. So awesome. Remember, I'm Cameron. I don't just read comics. I love them. Make sure to clobber those like and subscribe buttons as well as leave me a five-star rating review on iTunes when you go check out my podcast, Cameron Reads Comics. See you next time.